Happy Hang Time New Year to everybody each and around the state of Michigan or wherever you may be watching or listening around the world. Uh, it is 2019. It is now really time to get the basketball season going here. Getting the nitty gritty, man. state of Michigan, no doubt. This is Hang Time Michigan. We do have Hang Time Indiana starting up next week. So we're excited for that show. So you'll have uh, an opportunity to listen and check out everything is happening in indiana hoops this is the michigan podcast this is scott bernstein this is tj kelly what's up gentlemen thank you uh, it's been a little it's been it's been a minute since we got yeah. together yeah 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 there was a lot of basketball in between uh, there was since our, since our last show and uh yeah it was it was pretty eventful and yeah i mean 2018 has kind of continued over to 2019. Right. Because, because we, I mean, there's so much parity. And, and because of the, the change in um, the schedule for the seasons, it's a little bit weird for me to be going to games in the first week, second week of January, and see teams with 10 games under their belt already. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it also means that they're they're more battle-tested, that they, they, they've gotten their bearings, they've gotten their footing, that we're kind of really halfway into the season right now. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting the approach of some, but last night I was uh, shooting some girls basketball, so I went and checked out uh, Heartland because they're trying to crack our top ten. They've got one of their top stars Solemn. back. Solemn. They hadn't played in three weeks. So, whereas Northville, who they were playing, was a team that was undefeated, but they had come off a Christmas tournament. So you always can, and, and the, it's funny because the first half, uh, they were leading by a point at the end of the half. They ended up outscoring them like 35 to 1 or to 2 in the second half. They got their legs under them. So uh, some of these teams might uh, have a little bit of issues uh, getting back into it if you haven't played since early December. There's different approaches, I think, that coaches take for the, for the holiday break. Some want to give their kids uh, you know, two, yeah. three weeks off to yeah. refresh and recharge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, fill that, that time in between the last day of school and New Year's with, you know, two or three games at, at showcases. And yeah, whatnot. and you're obviously involved with a lot yeah. of those. So, yeah. I mean, what, what is your take on, on teams that, that want to just fill it or and, and play whoever they can for the challenge or, you know, um, take a rest? Well, I don't think anybody wants two weeks off. Right. Um, you know, so at least I'll play one game. You know, however, this is what, you know, however, pretty much it fits in schedule. And then I also know that there are other schools that I've talked to and they're saying, oh, well, all my kids go on, you know, on, on vacation. Right. Know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. That, for some people, that's a problem. Yeah. But, then, a, you know, when you have a, like a good crew, you know. So fu- well, just a real quick funny yeah. anecdote that I heard yesterday from Benny White, the longtime Detroit King coach that was at Eastern Michigan, now is in yeah. the OAA with, at, at Birmingham Groves. He's, he's, he said, I've never coached in a community like this before where kids are coming to me. Um, around Thanksgiving being like, hey, coach, I'm going to be gone for a, a couple of weeks in December uh, on vacation with my family. He's like, right. vacation? Right. What's yeah. a, what's a, I've never had kids taking vacations in the middle of the season. <laughs> Who's going on vacation? Well, it's like spring break yeah. for baseball players. Yeah. You know, a right. lot of them, the, some, some they go and play some, all spring break. But some, of it's like, break. some of it's socioeconomic. The kids that you're coaching at King, yeah. their families weren't taking them down to right. Florida yeah, or Hawaii right. over yeah, Christmas. Yes, yes, exactly. But the kids you're coaching at Groves, yeah. a, little upper, a little more upper mobility. And to be honest, it was, it was Mark West, the former coach at Birmingham Groves, when he first got the job, you know, before Benny, you know, three or four or five years ago. And I was like, man, it'd be nice to have Groves in. And, you know, you got a nice group of seniors and stuff like that. He's like, ah. Can't play over the can't play over the, <laughs> over the brick. You know these guys are going on vacation. Yeah, they're going to like calamari or whatever, yeah. man. Getting into some... no, it's also one of those things. Want to get some calamari? <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember I remember playing hockey and baseball as a kid, and I had a choice. You know, do you want to yeah. go on spring break, or you right. want to do you not want to? You want to go on February and ruin the and ruin the hockey season, or do you want to go in over you know over the Easter break and then ruin the baseball season? You know, no, we had a we had a rule. I mean, I went to a school in the suburbs in Birmingham, a private school where almost you know almost everyone had money at that school and. My coach, 
was like, you know, if you're playing varsity basketball, you ain't going on vacation over Christmas, right. and you're not going on vacation uh, in winter break. Like, yeah. this is the commitment you're making, and, yeah. you know, you can do that uh, when, you're, when you're in college. Yeah, no I in team. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, hold on. Isn't it our pizza? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yes, okay. Well, Hang Time is presented by Lawrence Tech, the MHSA, Hungry Howies, and B-Cam. Uh, speaking of B-Cam, we'll have Matt Mowry and Dan Young here to end the show. Uh, well, we're gonna we're actually going to debate uh, the issue of should there be a shot clock or not. Uh, and in girls basketball, that usually ends up uh, really being an issue, but uh, some boys teams as well. And uh, also, uh, we are going to talk with Heartland girls head coach Don Palmer, and that is how we will uh, wrap the Don's show. Don's been, yeah. been around for a long time. I remember yes. uh, when Don was, I think he was coaching the boys at Milford. Um, I think he took Milford to a Final Four in the late right. 80s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Milford was a team notorious, especially yeah. in the late 2000s, of slowing it down. Yep. 25, 30-point games. Brutal. So, uh, but, you know, it's a topic. Yeah, I mean, it happens. I think uh, Saginaw and Ann Arbor Skyline, you know, that was, they wound up going into uh, double overtime. Right. And that was the same thing. Yeah. Just holding the ball. Yeah. I'm like, wow, Saginaw's holding the ball for four minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. As I imagine, you know, it, you know, and I'll always love to say, finding their inner, inner belt, Ben Kelso. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it is what it is. Some guys like to run the flex offense for 45 seconds, you know. Other guys like to hold the ball. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I think for the fans, you know, they want to see some scoring. And, you know, they can they can watch bad basketball in their driveway with their, watching their nephews or sons or nieces or whoever else. So it is what it is. All right, so let's get into some rankings and results. Obviously, we uh, record this every every week on Wednesday. We get it out to you on Thursday, uh, and uh, you've got new rankings uh, that have come out, and we've kind of uh, uh, already had some games on Tuesday. So uh, first off, I'll just like start and mention that um, uh, Romeo Weems was off the hook. Beast mode, 24-7, yes. just ice running through that kid's veins. We are very lucky in the climate that we're in right now that he stayed in the state of Michigan for his entire high school career and that we as the fans and as the journalists that cover it are really benefiting from uh, you know having the, the, the phenomenon that is Romeo Weems uh, for all four years because he is a very special player with just you know X factor written all over him. They beat beat Warren Mott eighty four to fifty yesterday. He had a oop to start the game. We'll yeah. have the highlights. We just saw we, we just, Sunday we just night. Saw oh, you yeah. showed him to you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a, a dunk fest. There's for, nothing that for he him. doesn't do. He's, yeah. he's he's such a complete player. Yeah. Um, and I I just. I love multidimensionality uh, when we're talking about basketball players and, and kids that can just score or kids that can just shoot or kids that can just defend. They put themselves at really such a liability in terms of recruiting. If right. you can only do well, one thing. And Romeo is the master of doing everything. Yeah, I mean, the ta- makes the, those around him better. Yeah, yeah, the talk of the nation is Zion Williamson right. at Duke. And what he can do, there's so much more than just dunk the basketball which yeah. he can do very well yeah, and yeah, with the best of yeah, them but uh, terror, yeah, yeah, yes exactly but he is 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 more of a complete player somebody you could compare to of uh, a LeBron James I, I say he's the LeBron yes. of the mitten just yes. the style of game that, that he is, plays he can shoot Romeo he can score he yeah. can slash he can create yeah. he gets off on the uh, gets off on the break and is just you know like his dunks are like thunderclaps yeah uh, and people, and he's, he's a physical. finisher. Yeah. And people forget LeBron was skinny in he's high school. Leader. Yeah. He was, well, yeah, yeah. To what he he was. I mean, yeah, I, they were showing some video of him not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, see, what, what, yeah. what skinny, you know. I remember Manny Harris and stuff like that. You yeah. know, Marcus Bingham and they stuff played, like that. Yeah. And he is skinny. You know, I, shoot, I was watching Manny Harris played year. LeBron. The Redford went to, yeah. Uh, yeah. to well, his school. Deion Harris. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Deion Harris. Yep. That's right, not me. But I mean, I was watching Trey Williams last night playing for Purdue. Yes, I watched that. And they were like, yeah, he lost a six year old. And I'm like, 50 pounds. 
<laughs> yeah, know? exactly. I'm just like, man, you know, yeah. like, but it, but you know, it, it's one of those things where guys got to you know kind of figure out where their body is, and yeah. obviously when they get to college, you know, that'll take that'll that'll obviously go one way or another. But one thing I do like about Romeo is, you know, he's he's multi-dimensional. He can play physical. He's got good size. He was six 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 seven. He's Mr. You know, Basketball. 215 pounds. I don't. I mean, yeah, there's man, no man, question yeah, that he's the the so runaway like, front so, runner. So it's like Romeo and Rakia, right? As far as you know, yeah. and, and he's gonna have, it's, 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 right? It's those he's gonna two. have to lose. I mean, he's gonna have to God forbid get hurt, yeah. or I mean, there's it, it's really it's it, 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 he's at the front of the pack, and then there are a, a handful of players that are uh, you know candidates that are legitimate Division One players, legitimate. Superstars in their own right, but just not at the level that that Romeo Weems. Maybe unless Jalen Terry or Scooby Johnson were to move up into the two class, class, yeah, you know, that'd be the, the pretty much. Only but one. it's also, frankly, it's also a result of the the mass exodus in the summer of eighteen of eight or nine uh, of the state of Michigan's top players leaving for prep school. I mean, if Rocket Watts was still here, I mean, he would be giving Romeo a run for his money. I think right. same with same with Harlan, same with Mike. Right, same Garland, with Harlan and, Beverly. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it is what it is. You know, we got to roll with the punches and and deal with what what we have. You know, make make the most of what we have, and right. we're fortunate to have a player like Romeo. And, and I what's think fun? One of the things why he's here is because he wants to win Mister Basketball. Right. The other thing is he wants to win. You know, there's a reason why I think he committed to DePaul earlier, and I know that there've been. Tons of speculation of why he did or whatever. You know, sometimes you just go in. Hey, I'm get I want to get, get the recruiting out of the way, and now I can yeah. study on or focus on yeah. winning. A, a they show me love, you yeah. know, and I appreciate yeah. that, you yeah. know. And they yeah. put trust in me before my stock maybe was super high. So, true, true. well, let's go down, but we'll do it by divisions, and uh, we'll see what was happening right now in the various divisions. Last night, uh, UD Jesuit beat Orchard Lake St. Mary 69-62. Talking about Tuesday results, Castag beat Collegiate Prep, King beat Western International. Those no surprises. Okemis over Lansing, uh, your number six team. East, Lan- uh, East, Lansing. East, East Lansing, excuse me, 58-30. Yeah, there isn't a Lansing. Uh, Clarkston beat uh, Troy last night, 55-37. They're 8-2. Uh, Catholic Central beat Warren De La Salle in overtime, and that uh, was uh, Coach Brandon Sinoui's 100th win. Uh, so congratulations to him. And uh, Macomb, Dakota over Sterling Heights-Stevenson. And uh, Grand Rapids Forest Hills Northern beat uh, Cedar Springs, 71-38. What's your feel right now, guys, on Division one and wide, and where we're wide open. Yeah, wide open. If you were to pick a, a final four right at, now, I as mean, it's, I mean, it, I mean, you would like to say the University of Detroit Jesuit, but who's to say the Renaissance can't beat University of Detroit Jesuit? You know, you'd like to say Castec, but who can't say that King won't beat King? Castec, right. who's to say, you could say like I have four souls Northern right now, but they're probably going to play Muskegon, and you know, I mean, it's so up in the air. As much as a, a as, as much as a, uh, uh, a no brainer is that Mister Basketball race right now. Is you know so it's a one eighty from that for who's going to be at Breslin Center, who's going to be raising the state title come March in Division One because it's it's just uh, there are, are probably you know, we got a ten here and there's probably twelve, thirteen teams, fourteen teams that could legitimately uh, be there at the end of March, uh, uh, you know, posting a banner. I wouldn't be surprised. And you know, I know we started off earlier in the year when we have the Ann Arbor teams and we had Ypsilanti. You know, I know that some people you know they're really high on Ypsilanti Lincoln. You know, yeah. Ypsilanti Lincoln's only going to get better as Bates. He keeps on evolving and gets more uh, uh, playing yeah, more minutes. Like yeah, more absolutely. Minutes. Yeah, you know, he gets to learn the game uh, or you know adjust to the high school game. Mm-hmm. She's done a great job of so far. Yeah, but then you look at teams like Ann Arbor Skyline, who are just pretty much got to find their niche because it's not like they're getting blown out. They've lost some close games, 
Uh, you know, same thing with Ann Arbor Pioneer, who's you know they're playing pretty well. Does Ann Arbor Huron with all their with all their youth? Do they really want to? Uh, I really you know, think there are flicking, and they've got some guys that are hurt as well. I really think there are fifteen teams that could make an argument for being there at the uh, when it's all said and done, and that I've, I don't think I've. I, I can't remember in the 10, I mean, 10, 11, 10 11, yeah, the 10, 11 years that I've been doing this, uh, you know, getting paid for it, I can't ever remember where you could say there was that many teams that were in the mix uh, to win a state title. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to make March a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially, when just, you, let me, especially when you get into regionals. I think that that's where it's really going to become. Let me get some clarification. With yeah. Jesuit, are, 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 they a full, are they a full roster right now? No, they're still uh, missing uh, Jalen. Thomas. But but Daniel Friday's playing and Caleb Hunter is and Caleb Hunter is will be eligible in two weeks. But Friday's back. But Friday is back and Jul- Julian Dozier, who was phenomenal in a win over Chicago, or hit the game uh, winner. Yeah, hit the game winner. Had a phenomenal second half in that in that game. Um, but yeah, he's and, yeah, and they're, they're they're pretty good. And what's Jalen Thomas's situation? Uh, he's just got a, a sore ankle. Where I mean, he, just just taking everything. You know, he I'm, hasn't played. Hasn't played in a while. Yeah, he hasn't played. Maybe since the first game of the year. Okay, so he's someone that you could consider a Mr. Basketball oh, and I candidate. Think they lost to New Haven, and Jalen was not playing. He's a he's a six ten center yeah, going, going to, to going to UMass. Yep. Um, so I mean, the fact that UDJ right now is number one in the state and have played some of those games without Daniel Friday and a majority of those games without Jalen Thomas, you know, kind of speaks to where their upside is because you know that they're number one in the state without those guys. Imagine when they're at full strength. Oh, well, I think also some of the – notice the two top teams that I have there. University of Detroit Jesuit, their coach is Pat Donnelly, who is one of the best state, best in the state. No doubt. And you also have Grand Blank with Mike Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Who is one of the best in the – one, one won, 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 won a state title. Won two state won titles. Won two state back titles. Back to back, won three times in a row. At one point he was, I think, uh, five or six, you know, in the, in the, in the, at the Breslin because yep. they lost to Pershing. Uh, he was at Kalamazoo Central, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, and, and you've got Carmen Ainsworth right behind them. So a couple. Yeah. So Flannery is strong. Yeah, and Grant and Grand. And it was strong up, in yeah. football. Yeah, Grand Blake wound up beating Carmen Ainsworth, and that'd be the difference. Why I have them above them. Uh, Carmen wound up beating Cass. So have that little thing there, and then Cass wound up beating King. So just to kind of figure out those top five, uh, that's pretty much kind of how I wound up going in through that order. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Grand Blake also beat Saginaw that was you know in this past week. Which also, or excuse me, um, Ben Harbor wound up beating Saginaw, but that was one of the reasons why I wound up dropping them out of the top. So, do do we think I'm looking at uh, TJ's top ten right now, or oh, you got Okemos at six or ten or no? Uh, in the preseason, wasn't it kind of the common belief that Williamston was going to be the best team in that area? I know they're yeah, B. Well, they're in, yeah, I know they're, they're two, two yeah. Yeah. but would I still, you? I still, I still think that Williamston is the best. They're, you'd say they're better. You say they're better than Okemos in the LA, if I can say it like that. The Lansing area, as they <laughs> yeah. say, yeah. The five one seven. You know, <laughs> yes, get, exactly. get some uh, some Magic Johnson QD. Do yes, Williamston yes. and Okemos play in the regular season? Um, that I'm not sure of. I think that Williamston's next big game is going to be against Glen Lake. Okay. And that's uh, over. I love yeah, I love Glen Lake. That's yeah. my that's my squad yeah. this yeah. year. Yeah, they're nice. Reese Hazelton, Reese Hazelton, really and Drew zone. Peterson, the football player. Well, he's graduated, but Xander. Xander Ofer, no, Peterson's still playing. He is all right. Well, yeah. even even better. So yeah, uh, but and yeah, Oker, Xander Okerlund. Is, yeah, was going to Lake Superior State. Yeah, you know that's going to be great for him. So yeah. forgive me for not knowing. Is Roseville Division One? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so you like Roseville. Yeah, Roseville out of nowhere. I know TJ doesn't have them in this right, top ten. Right, not yet. The, yep. a, the AP has them ranked, I think, seventh in, in Class A. 
Uh, division one. In Division One, sorry, we got to kill that. I gotta class A is Division One. Yes, division yes, one is that's right. There's no more classes. Um, Coach Nizam is doing a, a tremendous job. Uh, they've got a real diamond in the rough. In um, I, I John Rukamoto. Yeah, I want to make sure I was pronouncing. Yeah, the yeah I know, right. I know. And he's about a six-five-six-six wing that is just explosive. Uh, he can slash. He can finish. He's the type of kid that. Um, I don't think anyone really knew about until the last couple months, maybe back in the summer. I know he was at Bluefield Hills as a sophomore playing JV. Somehow he ends up at Roseville over the last year. And uh, he's really, Flourishing, huh? he's yeah. been a breath of fresh air uh, out of the Mac. And, you know, Roseville might be the best team in, in Macomb County right now. Yeah, well, I had the opportunity to see Roseville this summer. Um, they beat New Haven. Really, they beat New yeah, Haven. Yeah, right, they right, beat right. Romeo yeah, 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 yes, yes, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and one thing I do like about John is, you know, he's still, like, uh, as far as upside and, you know, I mean, on, on the boys' side, you know, I mean, these guys aren't, some of these guys aren't done growing until they're 20, oh, 19, yeah, 21 yeah, years old. Sure. You know, and they're far from a finished product. And when guys have come out, college coaches, when they've come out to see him play, um, they've been, they're like, you know, kind of like an eye-opener. Yeah. Um, he may need to take the Juco route. Um, that's not a for sure yeah, um, I heard that. I heard that Vincennes. Yeah, but when you when you have when you have some of the top teams in the country, I mean, on Division One ju- junior college, which we don't, we have Division Two junior college here in Michigan, right? As far as Schoolcraft and Mott and Correct. Delta and, for, and further on, yeah. But when you have uh, schools like uh, Indian Hills in in Iowa, when you've got Hutchin- Hutchinson, who's recruiting them out of Kansas. You know, when you've got Vincent, those are those are JUCO programs and, that are, are putting yeah, kids in yeah, the NBA. Yeah, right, right. Are, no one from Schoolcraft, all due respect, <laughs> yes. is going to the NBA. Yeah, yes. and, yeah, but, but those are the blue bloods, you know, of yeah. of, of the junior colleges. Right. And you know, and when you really have those guys, you know, out there and, and they're paying attention and they're giving out offers, then this is definitely a kid. And uh, but in talking about uh, Dreon O'Neill, who's at Wayne Memorial, who's on another strong team at Wayne, you know, or in Division One, who could easily be. Uh, we could easily see at the Breslin. You know, he just committed to Gillette yeah, um, a couple weeks ago. So, you know, it, it, there, there's nothing to be shake your you know tail at or whatever, shake your stick at it as far as like junior college. It's just another way where you can go get an education, where you can play basketball, and you know how how you far can lay the foundation for yeah. what you're going to do. You know, yeah. after those two years of the JUCO, yeah. and then really lay the foundation for going to the Division One level and kind of. You know, yeah. or setting, setting your career or ablaze. go pro. Yeah. Right. right. You've said yeah. you've done your time. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it you has know, to be a one year of four year college, Hightower, right? The Corey Hightower. One, I don't know. Most uh, kids, though, I think, yeah. are going well, from I'm the, sure, the Juco level into a Division one program but, but, and then maybe to stay a year there. Yeah. And then, right. But I mean, let's face it. If there are some who just for whatever oh, reason academically enough. also yeah. just don't want to yeah. do it. You know, you can Sean, Sean Kemp and their G League yeah. options too. Which yeah, Sean, Sean, Kemp, Sean Kemp went right to the yeah. NBA from a from yeah. a JUCO after yeah. he got okay. uh, booted out of Kentucky. Oh, I mean, that was a, you know, I bring <laughs> it up, bring it up Corey Hightower, who's uh, now that girl, and he's the girls' coach now at Waterford he's the girls Kettering. Coach at Waterford Kettering, you know, yeah, I mean, he was one of the greatest JUCO players of all time. Yeah, there's one more. Just got inducted yeah, into the JUCO Hall of Fame. Yeah, but if you're talented, they will find you. For Roseville, I want to shout out the backcourt, Darian. Banks and uh, Martel Turner. Banks is the point guard. Turner's the off guard. Uh, and they do a really good job of, of augmenting John on the wing. Uh, Coach Nizam, they were, I think, you know, took a, took a pretty big step last year as a program. They were 17-7. and seven. I believe they won their league, won the district. Ended up losing uh, to Coach Toko uh, and, and Dakota in the regionals. But, you know, they, they announced their presence with authority in the first week of the season by beating De La Salle and Romeo Williams in New Haven. Yeah. 
Uh, more rankings and results will go to Division Two and uh, TJ's rankings, which are available right now. Scooby Express Network yeah. Number one, uh, Benton Harbor. Uh, number two, River Rouge. They're six and one. They beat uh, Henry Ford Academy Creative, uh, eighty-one to forty-nine on Tuesday. Williamston was idle. They're in third. New Haven ranked fourth. We talked about Weems and New Haven. They beat Warren Mide, eighty-four to fifty. Uh, Bridgeport was idle. They're number five. Six Holland Christian lost to Hudsonville Unity Christian, sixty-three forty-two. Uh, Grand Rapids C. C uh, beat West Catholic, and so uh, he's got him ranked seventh. Uh, Harper Woods ranked eighth. They beat Hamtramck seventy to sixty one. Pontiac, which has been a big surprise this uh, year, he's yeah. got him in the top ten. And They're nine. Beat Royal Oak. They're ten and zero. Beat Lund- Clarkson earlier in the year. Hold on, fifty eight forty one. And then uh, Wayland Union ranked tenth. Beat uh, Middleville Thorn Apple Kellogg by two, and uh, they round out your Division two top ten. Yeah, I think Division two is by far the the most fun of all of all the divisions, and. In- We've had the luxury of being able to see River Rouge kind of grow up at the Breslin. Benton Harbor grow up at the Breslin. New Haven grow up at the Breslin. Uh, will Williamston be the, the school that winds up, you know, finally breaking through? You know, can Wayland, you know, they've, they, Williamston, Wayland, they've always, they've had some big victories over the last couple of years by beating uh, a really strong Godwin Heights team, but we haven't seen them at the Breslin. Um, you know, that might definitely, that might change this year. Uh, but there, but as far as, as far as Division Two goes, there's, you know, that's almost a crapshoot. The problem is, well, the difference between that and Division One is, they still have a lot of star power. And you know, to be honest, if Division Two were to play against Division One, I, I think that Division Two would probably take out Division One. Sure, and that happens oftentimes yeah. even in football. Without a doubt, you know, Without if you, if you match them up. I just want to add that you know, if if Romeo Weems is going to go get that second state title for his prep career, yeah, um, he's going to have to go through Pontiac right now in the regionals. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it before the break that we're kind of having a a, a, a renaissance in, 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 in Pontiac basketball, kind of a, a, a return to when when Pontiac was one of the true meccas of of of, of hoops in, in the state. A of Michigan. rise from yeah. the ashes of the Silverdome, I mean, and there, there, even through the Midwest and even through the nation, you know, yeah. people knew who Pontiac. Oh you know. yeah, no doubt. And and that that's 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 a matchup that I'm very eager to see if Pontiac gets through their district. I expect New Haven to get through their district. Um, that might be the game that decides who's at Breslin. Not necessarily who wins the state title, but out of that part of the bracket, who's going to Breslin? If, if uh, you know, if have Pine you had had a chance to see him? I have. I've not okay. had a chance to see him. I haven't I got, either. I've got some reports from uh, Pontiac yeah. from friends when I saw him, and hey, they just go out there, and it's like it's almost like one of, from what I heard. It was it was like they just have a chemistry that they've been playing together for a while. Yeah, and sometimes in having that. That's why Clarkston, I think, has had so much success because those guys play together. They know yeah. everybody. The, the what, is, what do you say? KYP. Know your per, know, know your no, personnel. Yeah. And and I think that that's one thing. For Pontiac, Pontiac it's all about the front court. Uh, they, they have a, a, a serviceable back court, but uh, that front court of DQ Cole, who's having just a breakout season on the wing, six five uh, player that it might be the most improved player in all of Oakland County. Okay. Um, averaging over twenty, close to twenty five a game, uh, comes from a a pretty prominent basketball family uh, in the annals of, uh, of Pontiac basketball history. The Cole family, I think there were three Coles that played at Pontiac Central. Nice. Um, one or two of them had actually gone and had a cup of coffee in the league. Got it. Uh, and then they have a, a, a really nice big guy in uh, Cleante. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on his last name right now. But uh, Cleante, the uh, 6'6", uh, 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 the round mound of rebound in the middle. He's big. He's the type of kid that can play Division II football or Division II basketball. 
and uh, then they got Dominique Stovall, their quarterback on the football team that, that plays at the power forward spot. That was so, Scott Bernstein who said that, Cleante. He yeah, called you the round mound of rebound, even, not six, I. So, you know, when like, I come see like, you guys. He's like 6'6", six, six, 250. I okay, mean, he's, he's, a, he's a, uh, a force to be reckoned with in the middle. And that's doing a great job of, of patrolling the uh, patrolling the post. Got to get one stride for every two that you have. <laughs> Let's go to Division Three. You've got Flint Beecher number one. They're undefeated. Hanover, Hanover Horton number two. Uh, they're playing actually uh, tonight versus Grass Lake. Uh, they're undefeated. Paywama Westfield Failure is undefeated. They're number three. They beat uh, D Four's number three Wyoming Tri Unity Christian on Tuesday, fifty-two thirty-five. Iron Mi- Mountain was idle. They're fourth. Maple City Glen Lake seven and one. They're fifth uh detroit pershing you've got them at six there they are in division three beat osborne 60 to 52 i know there was a lot of talk about that a lot of hype going around that game uh quincy at seven they're eight no a lot of eight a lot of undefeateds here in division three they beat reading 55 46 uh detroit edison psa is uh seven three public school academy uh sanford meridian ninth they beat uh, farwell uh 66 26 last night and meaning tuesday and kalamazoo hackett rounds out your top 10 they beat global 75 46 Six. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Hanover Horton made a big jump um, in my rankings and is just doing a little bit more research, you know, just find out a little bit more about their team. Um, I would love to go out there and be great if I could find a, a doubleheader where... Um, Cleante Brown. Cleante, Cleante Brown. Brown. Sorry. All right. From Pontiac. Not okay, from, there uh, it is. All right. Not, not, from, not from Hanover Horton. Yes, yes, uh, yes. But I'd love to go out there and maybe catch a doubleheader if, they, if Hanover Horton could play like a 5 o'clock game. And then Athens, uh, could, you know, uh, who's also down in that same region, if they could play a seven o'clock game or a seven thirty game, um, but you know, taking that trip out to Michigan Avenue, the old 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 path down to Chicago, uh, would, is going to be is definitely worth it. But uh, Hanover Horton, they've got a uh, twins, um, the Lakita brothers, um, whose older brother Preston uh, was phenomenal for Hanover Horton a few years ago. I uh, went and played in college. Um, the older brothers, the, uh, the younger brothers, they still don't have the height um, that, that Preston had, but uh, eventually, you know, you can, I'm not saying that they're younger, but one thing's about Hanover Horton is they're getting it done and they're young and saying that they don't have a, their main core isn't centralized seniors. Anywhere. So they could be, definitely be back next year. And how Beecher is playing right now, um, I think Beecher is arguably the top team in the state. Um, if you were to have Benton Harbor. Jalen Terry, yeah, Ernest yeah, Sanders, yeah, man, that is a yeah. dynamic duo. And again, coaching. Mike Williams. Oh yeah, you can't I mean, look. You can't look past yeah, this guy, this guy Mike gets, Will. This guy yeah. gets. This guy gets so much done. You know, he gets a lot as, out of his players. Yeah, and not only that, they understand yeah. what they're supposed to do. Everybody accepts their role. Everybody knows what they're going to do. Hey, everybody looks better. Get the ball to Jalen. Get the ball to Ernest. Yeah. You know, yep. you're not the one that's throwing alley oops. You know, and and as long as everybody understands it, and it's just about playing under uh, the restrictions that are going to help you win. You know, it's about. You know, there's sacrifices and stuff like that. So You mentioned early in the class, Glenn Lake and Williamson at uh, SVSU on MLK Day. Yes. So, uh, I'm, ex- I'm really excited about that matchup. Yeah, January 21st, I believe. Yeah. Sean Cobb and Joe Hannenberg uh, uh, for Williamston. And then, obviously, we know what we get from... Uh, from Glen Lake. From Glen Lake yeah. with Oakland, Hazleton, and, and Peterson, a, a group that was at Breslin last year, played in the state finals. Yeah. Um, at, 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 and, and they're a team that, you know, I, I really expect them... To uh, be back at Breslin, challenging for a Division Three state championship, that 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 type of experience is invaluable, and and it just you know it, it just makes them uh, thirst for that to, for that title even more because they were right there on the on the precipice last year. 
And uh, back over on the east side of Detroit, you said Pershing's now representing yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, dude. The east side has never looked so bad as far as basketball. And right. Not, I mean, hey, I'm going to say this, east of Mount Elliott. You know, I don't want, I don't want anybody Crusaders or anything. I'm throwing them in with that. Right, uh, right. But, yeah, it's good to see Pershing. Um, you know, it's almost one of we've talked about in the past with in past shows where the state only is only as good as, you know, Grand Rapids and as a whole. Well, this, the state needs Pershing as well. The brand. They need you the know, brand. They, they need, need the brand, brand names, name. the blue bloods, yeah. and and just like we were saying, yeah. it's good when, when 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 basketball in Pontiac is good, it's good for the state. When basketball yeah. is good at Brother Rice, it's good for the Catholic League. Yep. Yeah. When yeah. basketball is good at Pershing, it's good for everybody. Yeah. And Twig Hill, who won a championship uh, with Pershing back in ninety, back in the twentieth century, I'll they were another. They were a nat- just yeah. like you were saying. I mean, uh, uh, about Pontiac. Pershing was a national brand. They oh, won yeah. the in 1993, I believe. They won the national championship. USA Today ranked them the number one team in the state, or think, sorry, number yeah. team in the country at the end of the year. Yeah, with Todd Berg and Carlos Williams and uh, Carlos and, Williams and, and, and Willie Mitchell young, and young Willie Mitchell. Yeah. yeah, the head coach at Detroit Osborne who just lost. What was it? Yeah, sixty to fifty-two. <laughs> yeah, sixty to fifty-two. All right, yeah. I hope that wasn't a home loss. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, Steve Smith, Winterford yeah, Walton, yeah, but, but phenomenal. Kay Felder, yeah, phenomenal. So, so what's been their resurgence? Keith Appling, yeah, um, Derek Nick. Yeah, um, well, they're they're well. I have um, they'll be, they'll be in the stands and stuff like that. But uh, you know, Twig Hill. Keith Appling you know, won't be. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Twig 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 Hill's a new head coach there. Um, after Wydell Henry wound up leaving and going to Warren Lincoln, um, he's got a strong group of freshmen uh, that are that are ready ready to play. One of them being his son. Uh, in man, I just know him as Squally. Okay. You know, I, I, Squally, you know. like that. Um, but yeah, Squally. but yeah, he's he's a freshman that who's the youngest out of many brothers and sisters. Wasn't he? He had another. So, he had another yeah, kid and, that was yep, starting in the backcourt yeah, last yeah, year, the year before. Still there. Yeah. Who's also a senior? But and then Ron Hill was his the, the another son who just graduated. Yeah, that's last what I was year. thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, they've got freshmen that are playing beyond their years. They're not scared of. They're not. They're not playing scared. They, they almost take the right shots at the right time. Every now and then, they will remind you that they are from. Yeah, yeah. Lot. we got a. Know, a I mean, it is what it is. We have a ton yeah. of talented underclassmen in the state right now, and yeah. just hope that we keep them. Yeah. in the mid. We're going to talk about that. The a freshman bit later and sophomore classes are just yeah. rich yep. in yeah. uh, in talent. Yeah, but I could see, easily see Pershing going undefeated in the in the in the DPS East. You know, as they have to play Southeastern and Denby, uh, in, as well as uh, Davis Aerospace Osborne again. Right. Um, and I could easily see them going undefeated, and you know, let's say if they if they make it to the if they make it to the city championship or sim, city semifinals, you know, then that then that'll be great for then that'll be great for them, and you can probably imagine there'll be plenty of Doughboy Fever will definitely right. come back. We should shout out, uh, you know, Quincy who uh, TJ has number seven. Um, Will Will, William William Dunn is having a great yep. senior year, uh, has had some real big big outputs. Um, individually, and obviously his team's eight and zero. Yep. Um, and then Iron Mountain, uh, yep. Foster Wonders, yep. probably the best player in in the UP. And the UP's got a a, a very uh, a, a talented players. group right now uh, in 2019 up in the UP. And Foster Wonders only a sophomore, but you know he's he's a game changer. He's a playmaker, difference maker, um, and a guy that TJ and I were talking about yesterday. And he's already as a sophomore in the UP already has two Division One offers. Yep. One from Central Michigan and one from and UW Green name? Bay. Foster Wonders. He's a wonder. Wonder. Yeah, he's, <laughs> the wonder. he's a wonder wall. He's like, he's like white bread? <laughs> yeah. Foster yeah, Wonders? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he gets it done. I've had uh, the great opportunity to watch him in the Michigan Elite 25 the last two summers. 
uh, where we bring in the you know Mr. Tim McCormick and yeah. Mike Dietz, and uh, yep. we have a little camp. And yeah, he's he's versatile. Like he's got size. He's six four, six five, probably like two hundred pounds. But he can get a lot done. He can score inside. He can score outside. And as I've talked to a couple of college coaches recently, you know, when they're like to target somebody as well, he's what position is he? What position is he? I just want to. Hey, do you want a basketball player who can win? You know. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing that Foster really brings to the table. I would love to see Foster in Iron Mountain make a run to the Breslin just so that many more people, you know, down the trolls down here on the in the over here, you know, <laughs> yeah. can, can see them. You know. Yep. Uh, just because. You know that'd be a, that'd be a great a great experience, and then uh, we'll see if uh, you know how far he winds up progressing. And I imagine that if that if uh, Gabe Brown gets to play for a uh, former Belleville, uh, you know, standout uh, Mike Garland at Michigan State, who's an assistant there, then it should only be right that Tom Izzo might be able to recruit again. Yeah, out of Iron Mound. you would think. <laughs> and they they also have a really nice uh, point guard in Marcus Johnson, the leading yep. scorer in the UP last year. I believe his dad's the head coach. Yep. Um, and you know, Marcus is a, is a type of guy that you know if, if you if you if you're paying too much. T- Attention to Foster Wonders. He's going to burn you for thirty. Got it. Yeah. Got also it. got guys like Reese Gladstone, who, uh, who's up at Reese Caster, who's at Gladstone. Yeah, you got uh, Marius 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 Grizoulis. Yeah, the, the from Marquette. Lith- Lith- Lithuanian Lightning. Yes. Yeah, he was going down to Grand Valley State, but yeah, nice. they got quite a few guys up there that are that are they're doing well, and uh, it's and it's great to see the yeah. upper peninsula. You know, really, we just like to see maybe two teams. You know, come down. Right. Um, you know, we definitely loved having. Dollar Bay, Dollar Bay in the house last year, but you know, uh, but to see also Powers North Central and stuff like that, and just for a little bit of before we familiar. TJ, TJ was not flashing our audience; he was showing he had a Dollar yeah, Bay t-shirt. Yeah. Before we move to Division Four, yes. we should also give a shout out to the defending Division Three champion Detroit Edison. Yes, right. and they got Brian Taylor, who uh, was more of a complimentary piece last year and has really stepped to the forefront and uh, is a guy that's just you know playing. Uh, you know, playing with reckless abandon, and it's a type of guy that's uh, a, a, a real force of nature on the wing. Yeah, and he is out with an injury for like a, about another week, another two weeks. I know Elon is the latest to get in get get in contact with him because I got a I got a thank you from his dad. And I thought that was pretty cool and stuff like that. And I was like, you know where Elon is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so before we get to our first break, we'll go through Division Four in our divisional dissection here. And we're talking about TJ's rankings. Number one, Athens. They are still undefeated on the year. They just beat Jackson Christian 56-33. Bellevue ranked two. They're 6-0, beat Colin 58-37. Uh, Wyoming Tri-Unity is, uh, just had a loss to uh, Paywama Westphalia, but that's... That's all right. Yeah. Uh, 52-35, Paywamo, a D3 team. They've got them ranked third. Frankfurt, fourth at 6-1. Six Howardsville, Christian, fifth. Brimley, sixth. They just beat the Tour uh, by a lot. Uh, Plymouth Christian comes in at seventh. They just lost to Green Hill, 64-46. Uh, Camden Frontier is 9-0. They beat Waldron, 62-23. Adrian Lenaway Christian at 9. Bessemer at 10. And, no uh, Southwood Christian. No South. I think they're two. They're they're three and they're three and four. Three and four. I think they won last night. They're three and four right now. Yeah, but yeah. So when I'm doing these rankings, they're two and four. It's kind of hard to justify um, being two and four. And while I think that. You know, Southfield Christian will definitely make a run. I don't think anybody would be surprised if they are at the Breslin. I expect them to be at the Breslin. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, and I think that is one. They should be expected uh, to 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 return. Um, But you know, at the same time. We can't take away the the accomplishments of other teams. Yeah. And so, I'm really excited what's what's going on with the Irish Hills down there. Yeah, so talk about Athens and Bellevue. 
Uh, that central, yeah. southern central athletic southern, association. At, at east. Yes, East. east. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, they play twice later on this year. I got their, uh, they play at Bellevue uh, January 25th, and then they play uh, at Athens on February 22nd. Um, they, are, they will more than likely play in the, in the regional, and that regional is super tough uh, because you've also got um, uh, Camden Frontier, who's in there uh, as well. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, uh, yeah, if anybody, you know, has to be hanging out at, at I don't know, I'm trying to think of uh, one of the pizza spots or one of the food spots in, in Marshall, Michigan, which is not too far away from Shuler's. Yeah. Yeah, Shuler. Oh, there right. you go. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Shooters. All right. You know, I was thinking the big water, the big boy <laughs> in cold water was still around. But, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, right around right around that area. And, and again, man, like, hey, Hanover, we got Hanover, Hanover Horton and Quincy playing each other at 5 o'clock. And we got Athens and Bellevue playing. Man, that, that that I would suggest the entire state go down there and check check them out. But Athens and Bellevue um, are blowing teams out. I mean, they're winning by thirty and forty points, and it's almost like when they're they're biting at the bit to to be able to play against each other and really see what they're about just to get some, a little bit more competition. Uh, you know, if I'm looking at uh, D4 right now, I, I really like coming out of the west side of the state, Howardsville Christian at 8-0. They went to the quarters last year. They got maybe the best shooter in the state in Dylan Jurgens. It's going to be a preferred walk-on at Central Michigan. And this kid can, you know, tickle the twine with, with the best there is in, in the mitten. And I think he had like a 60-point game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think he also broke... Pretty close to breaking like the two thousand. He averaged thirty a game last year as a, as a junior. He's gone over two thousand points. Yeah, and uh, Which you know, is a huge accomplishment in high school. He's he's like yeah, the, sure. the, the Golden State Warriors should consider making him an honorary uh, Splash Brothers uh, uh, member because well, he, so can, he can pop, Riley, he huh? can pop it like uh, Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. Yeah, you don't have too many Warriors fans mad at you about <laughs> that. But yeah, I, I definitely think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's nice. He's nice, and it's. Clay went crazy last night. Yeah, and 43 points. And we need Division IV play. We need those teams to, you know, it'd be great to have a little bit of star power. And when guys are going and watching them play in the Breslin or wherever else. Well, you know, like like Powers North Central when we had them doing their thing a few years ago. Powers North Central, to me, almost had the almost like like a – Kind of like a cult following. Yeah, you know, it was. Like, hey, that was that. That was UP swagger. It that was, was the yeah. definition of UP swagger. Right, right. It yeah, was. They're coming down here. One of the great. Shorts. One of the greatest semi of the games of all time. That game-winning shot. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the kid's name. He'll remember it for the rest of his life. Oh yeah. He's he's you know put he's penciled his name into yeah. the MHSA record books. But yeah. you know to, to the ball. You know. He gets the ball. He fumbles the ball. He doesn't know where he's going. He yeah. somehow takes a couple dribbles and just kind of chucks yes, it up exactly. and it goes in. Yeah, he was just as shocked as anyone yeah. that it went in. There's no doubt. Great memories. Yeah, that's what high school. That's, that's it. All right. So on that, we're going to take our first time out. When we're going to come back, we're going to dive into the grab bag. Talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, unsigned senior guards going on right now. We'll talk about uh, what's happening at sophomores. We'll get into a couple individual players. And Scott's got some hot prospects he wants to talk about. So that's all coming back right after this. Fundraising should be fresh, flavorful, and simple. We have the perfect solution at Hungry Howie's. Dough Razor. Your team or school can sell paper pizza certificates that can be redeemed for one medium pizza at participating locations. We've been doing this fundraiser for about four years, and it's the easiest and best and most profitable fundraiser they have in Michigan. Go to DoughRaiser.com to learn more and sign up. Your next fundraiser comes with flavored crust. Welcome to Hungry Howie's Dough Razor.
All right, welcome back to Hang Time, uh, segment two here uh, of our first podcast of 2019. As we are again right now, just getting into the meat of the basketball season. We went over TJ's rankings. We talked about uh, you know everything that's going on within the divisions and some of the teams that uh, are uh, who we feel at the top of the uh, heap right now. The race uh, towards and, Breslin. And that's right. And again, you can check out uh, all of TJ's rankings at statechampsnetwork.com. Read all of uh, Bernie's blogs that are at statechampsnetwork.com. The rundown will get going again. And uh, so uh, a lot to consume gonna, there at I'm the gonna, website. TJ's going to uh, kind of guest host some of the rundowns. With oh, me I like that. When we start breaking down some of the basketball, you know, yeah. little two-minute, three-minute videos talking about, you know, some of the hottest topics and, and yes. hottest, hottest recruits. Absolutely. So uh, what we now is just kind of a grab bag segment and uh, this is where we're just going to kind of jump around talk about things that are happening with inside uh, boys basketball here in the state of Michigan um, and uh, Mark Keeler Wyoming Tri-Unity uh, he has five championships he'll be searching for his fifth searching for his fifth so one for the thumb yeah. uh, what say you about him yeah, he's one of the guys that really gets it done it, uh, um, he's got a freshman that's outstanding right now and I've got a little brain fart that's going on. But that's all right. Sure that it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll pop up to me right around five minutes after this. Goes it's up. all good. But yeah, yeah, he's uh, but Keeler. He's, hey, we've talked about coaching in earlier in this podcast, and he's one of those guys that just gets it done. Um, you know, and I've got what third, um, coming out of his region, and I believe that they will play in. They'll be in the same quarterfinal as uh, or regional final. Or, quarterfinals, yeah. excuse me, as uh, the Athens uh, Bellevue winners. So nice. We won't be able to see them all at the Breslin. Right. But yeah. I, but the know, winner coming out of that is going to be definitely the favorites going gonna, into the It's going to be the favorite. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, say what, I, I'd love to see teams get their, or coaches get their first victory. I also like to see milestone accomplishments. Absolutely. Like get in your fifth win. And I think they Keeler will probably already be a Hall of Famer. Keep pushing that um, benchmark further yeah, and you, further. And and those five wins, and I don't think anybody's going to catch Dave Souls and East Catholic. It's, I don't, it's just not going to happen um, unless, you know, you got to be starting at like 25 or something like that nowadays. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, um, but yeah, Keeler is one of the, one of the, the best coaches um, that we have, you know, over in Michigan. And I guess you could say for a, gener- for a couple of generations now, um, as, you know, I think it's, while he hasn't won since, I don't think, 2011. Um, but, you know, that's still his first one still stretches back 25 years. Right and he, he's got a, a real Sir Grind a lot uh, of a senior a senior captain. And I think his name is Bennett Sinner, mm-hmm. um, who averaged like 28, uh, 20 points and eight rebounds a game last year on a team that went, I think, 16 and five or 16 and seven. Um, and they got a nice uh, another all conference guard. I believe his name is Braden Ophoff. So they got they got two playmakers and uh, two guys that are you know c- cash money on uh, from the perimeter and you know you, you add that with a uh, a tactician like Keeler and you know sky's the limit. You never know what he. I mean, some of the guys that he's had in the past. You know, I mean, it like all of a sudden people don't know about him and then boom, rise out of nowhere. You know, right, but, right. Uh, who's a big fellow who played in the NBA for so Chris long. Chris Kamen. Yeah, Chris Kamen. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, God, these are guys that. Hey, nobody yeah. knows about, and then all of a sudden, I believe he also coached a a, a future Division three All American that was a point guard on some of his state title teams. Fultice, Brian Fultice. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of those who nobody knows about, or at least is not paying enough attention to, is we have a veritable plethora of very good guards this year who are seniors and have yield, you know either not had offers or 
However, aren't it works, committed, aren't not signed. committed. Yeah. So, 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 uh, shout out to to all the coaches and the scouts out there. Get in here. You know, bring your scholarships, bring a pen. Yeah. Because these kids are going to be really paying it forward for you uh, in the future and, and, and getting the job done at the college level. Because all these kids right now that that aren't committed, that aren't signed, sealed, and delivered to to whatever uh, to, to various re- respective colleges, um, are all kids that can get the job done and and, and are, are true playmakers. Yeah, yeah, I think I think to me, I mean, as far as point guards go, I mean, we've got Joe Moon, who's been phenomenal um, for a kid that doesn't even have, you know, a Gleak offer. But then I see Gleak schools that are there, Gleak coaches. Right. And I'm just like, and I see your eyes getting big. Yeah. Know, I see their eyes getting big, and I'm just like, all right, how are we? Are we balancing it? You don't want to offer just because you're afraid that as soon as you offer, then that's going to draw attention. Right. And all of a sudden, right. uh, University of Detroit or Oakland yes. or Western Michigan or something like that, they say, hey, well, let me let me go find out what Saginaw Valley State is. Let me see what yeah. Grand Valley's doing. And then all of a sudden, now they're competing with some of the bigger dogs. And, yeah. you know, while while they can recruit on that, you know, against them, um, sometimes they wind up losing out. Right. Um, but well, think, John yeah. Glenn's Joe Moon, no doubt, is is a game changer. Yeah. Takes over the money game. ball. Yes. Money ball. Yes. Yes. So, you know, this this guy is this 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 guy is a um a, a, a true gem and a true diamond in the rough. Uh, I just wrote a blog about uh, how this kid needs to be considered now as a dark horse candidate for Mr. Basketball after Romeo Weems. It's it's a wide open field, uh, and, and he really you know came out of the gate scorching his first two games. Uh, of the 2018-19 season, 37 points, 38 points. Yeah, uh, beat I, a good Wayne team. Yeah, and it was I, really I, on him. I likened it uh, in terms of what I foresee this Mr. Basketball candidacy being like to a couple years ago. Spencer Littleson um, from Rochester Adams wasn't a guy that really people were considering a Mr. Basketball candidate before the season. Uh, came out the first month of the season was averaging close to 30 a night. All of a sudden, he's getting people's attention. All of a sudden, he's on the ballot and he finishes third. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I think that Joe Moon has a similar trajectory. And like with Spencer Littleson, he was a guy that he had some Division One offers uh, in between his junior and senior year, but didn't really get hooked up with a college until uh, until, uh, until yeah, kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. And they yeah. to Duquesne, and then you know he's just but he did uh, he. I don't think he committed to Duquesne until after he was a Duquesne. Yeah, his fresh. But I don't think it was until after his senior year that he yeah. that he actually shored it all up. Yeah, I got. Or, or, or I believe you're correct as well. Because yeah. I know he had. A, he I know he had a, a ten offers and whatnot. Um, but uh, you know, Joe Moon is the real deal, and he's the type of kid that uh, it, it just just has that. That moxie, that 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 quiet oh, yeah. confidence, isn't a guy that's going to be, you know, talking your ear off on the floor or even off the floor, you know, hyping himself up. But then when you see him on the floor, his game doesn't lie. He's the truth. Yeah, right. the motor. Yeah, the yeah. motor. I, I, motor I think he does just a great job of controlling the controlling the yeah. action, controlling the tempo. And and to your point, he doesn't talk a lot on the court. Let's say this: like he's not, but it's almost it's almost like it's almost like when Dad walks in. You know, and you're like, everyone pays attention. Yeah. It's like, all right, you know, right. must be must be something important. You know, who ate the big piece of chicken or whatever right. happened? You know, but yeah, you yeah. know that. You know that. But when he's out there, you know, well, he, he commands that. And as a college, and as a college coach, I would imagine you you love the way that Rod Watts coaches his teams because he's defense first. Yeah. yeah. So if you know that you can do it offensively, he's he's somebody who's going to preach defense always. So his defensive game and is going to be well, there. And, and what I what I had heard last year is that 
uh, one of the um, things that he had to get better at was was shooting from the outside. You know, when I saw him over the summer and then I saw him a couple uh, weeks ago, right before uh, the Christmas holiday, uh, I, I, I didn't see that. I, I saw that he had really, really nice technique, really good form. Um, you know, his shots were hitting nothing but net. It wasn't, he wasn't straining. Well, to get, a, his jumper is far from, yeah, it's far from. Yeah, so I was and like. That's the worst thing that you can go out there and point him. It's like, all right, so you put five keys up and there's one thing that he can't do. You better be happy that he can't do all five. Or yeah. Because probably wouldn't be having this conversation and, and he probably wouldn't be an opera, have to be that guy that can be in, 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 uh, on, on your bench. Playing Great body control going girl. through the lane too. He's a strong kid. And a strong kid, great kid. And he, I mean, like, 3.5 student. Like, I'm mean, a great kid. I mean, he's got the support of his family and stuff like that. And that's another thing that I love to see about with, you know, a lot of parents. Uh, shoot, we go to talk about another point guard is Julian Dozier from University of Detroit Jesuit. You know, and while he's Dozier got, has offers, though. Yeah, well, well, yeah, while he's got some offers, right. you know, it's not like they're, let's see, I want to really see where those offers are just because often you'll see some of those coaches that are going to be, and they're at least going to stop through practice. They're going to stop through, um, you know, through games. And I think that there have been a few regime changes uh, from some some schools that have charged that that had offered them in the past. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Tariq Shepard at at Farmington, you know, who I yeah, and I watched Tariq Shepard over the weekend this past weekend in a showcase uh, that Stevie Manrique uh, put on prep prep ball classic or something. It was at North Farmington, and yeah. he was going up against uh, Zeb Jackson, who's a, a Michigan commit. And he was and, and Tariq Shepard uh, going up against Seb Jackson and has a, uh, has a teammate on Farmington, Jaden Akins, who, who might be the best sophomore guard prospect in the state. And in that game, Tariq Shepard was by far the best player on the floor. 23 points, 8 assists, 3 or 4 steals, just really controlled all aspects of that game, uh, whether it be uh, uh, controlling pace and tempo as a point guard, whether it be getting in the lane and, and, and causing uh, causing havoc uh, uh, on the driving dish, or whether it was uh, you know uh, putting three pointers in, in defenders' eyes. And he's also but, snuck up a little bit in, in height. I, I mean, I think forever I was you know I'm, this is a kid that I've seen since he was since he was literally a kid growing up, and you know I remember him at three feet tall. I remember him at four feet tall. You know, and then for the longest time it seemed like I was like, man, I'm still taller than you. You know. And, I, and all of a sudden, I saw him in uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, and he was, I think, when they, Farmington played Harrison. Yeah, I'm not you know, sure. He was five, and he was five foot eleven, you know, five ten, five eleven, and that's plenty serviceable. I don't, I don't get with Tariq Shepard why the the D twos. Well, I guess the same with Joe Moon, but more so with Shepard because Shepard hasn't been hidden. Shepard's been playing up until this year, playing next well, to David DeJulius. Like, I know Northern Kentucky so, offered so. You know, offered yeah, Tariq? Yeah, but, but I mean, at the same time, we still have to see where some of those offers are after they've been on the table for so uh, long. To me, that's like, why anymore. isn't Wayne State like knocking on this guy's door? Why isn't Grand Valley and Saginaw Valley uh, coming after him? It seems like yeah. whether or not he's D1 or not, I mean, I guess you could debate, but there's no question. Same with Joe Moon, that, that he's a he's a GLIAC, uh, uh, you know, could could be a kid that could, could find stardom in the GLIAC. Or Lawrence Tech. Yeah. Or LTU. Can't go wrong there. That's right. Uh, some other uh, unsigned senior guards that you guys have them note. Uh, Vincent Sigmund. I really uh, like Geo re- Miles. Trent Summerfield. Ali Brewster out of Hamity. And Evan Thomas at Okemos. Yeah. Uh, Evan Thomas is... I had an opportunity to see him this past uh, well, week and a half ago on the Motor City Roundball Classic uh, when Okemos came down. And, you know, I was talking with their athletic director, Ira Childress, and... I mean, the kid's got a 4.0. He's got a high, high SAT score. And they pretty much go wherever he wanted, you know, without basketball. Uh, but to me, 
it goes on one of those five kind of, all right, you've got a kid that's, you know, six foot three. You've got a kid that shoots it well. I mean, he's a great kid. They're not going to get a phone call from the whatever PD at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. You know, this is this is a guy that's, you know, that, that you want as a captain um, or that you could see as a captain, uh, you know, as a junior or a senior, or maybe even before then, because hey, the, the, the maturity level is there. When they see a lot of those kids that when they have the maturity, you can go and ask them to do things and they won't think twice about it. Hey, this is this is the blueprint to success. Hey, you want to really shoot this shot? I need to see that you've made that you've got 2000 makes or whatever in the last you know week, you know, and, and shooting this and then we can go along. But I think that, you know, you know what you do, what you put in the classroom is often what you're going to get in the results as far as. You know, athletically. Yeah, Lawrence Tech likes those guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that Lawrence Tech and Josh Pickens. Uh, Vincent, Sig- exactly. Vincent Sigmund at, uh, at at Canton, um, you know, sometimes gets overshadowed by his backcourt mate, Beardis White, yeah. the, the point guard that's going to Western Michigan. But Vincent Sigmund can hold his own. Yeah, and that is that is a that is a swag nasty of yeah. a. Of we a all backcourt. saw them play yeah. Grand Rapids Catholic yeah. Central yeah. and and. And they've, they've played well. Yeah. And, they've got, and they've got a strong backcourt. You know, Austin Brown. Austin yeah, Brown, yeah. No joke. Yeah. Devin Boyd is. Austin yeah. Brown, though, had 30 points last night, led his okay. team to another victory. They're 9-0, and Madison Heights, Madison. So right. Austin Brown's showing that, yeah, I can I can chuck the pigskin uh, on the football field. Yeah. I can throw the chuck the pill from the mound yes, uh, and exactly. the baseball uh, uh, diamond. But, but I'm just as dynamic as a basketball player. And I and nobody was talking about Austin Brown. Sorry. Yeah. Austin Brown. Brown, Brown. Brown. Yes. Of Austin or of Madison Heights, Madison as a as a factor in in the boys basketball world of, of 2019, and he's averaging 25 a night, and, and he you know he is he is electrifying. He's a confident young man. Yes, he is yeah. quite confident. Yeah, uh, multi-sport athlete. Uh, quickly, uh, just a couple. You know, we're we're running down the last few minutes. Um, couple sophomore guards. You know, just the class great, right a lot now. Of great sophomores, yeah. uh, especially in Oakland County, where where I do most of my coverage. Um, but if you're just talking about Jaden Aikens. From uh, uh, Farmington, maybe the best uh, prospect in that whole class out of the backcourt. You got Brody Parker at, at Troy. You got Ethan Emergent from Rochester Adams. Just those three off the top of my head. And Trevor Smith. That, Trevor Smith at Stony Creek. A White is the future of. The, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying that anybody's going to get bumped. I may. I don't imagine Clarkson isn't going to get bumped or anything like that from the OAA rank. But there's a lot of really good talent in the OAA White and. When you talk about guys like Trevor Smith, who's a little bit big, and the thing is, they all bring something a little bit different. Ethan and Ethan and Brody are best friends, you know. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, shoot, that's that's an easy go. Well, you're the keys. Go to go in the gym, you know. I'll leave yeah. you alone for four hours. Right, right, right. And they're going to come out and they're going to be better players. Yeah. You know, Trevor's one of those kids, a phenomenal. Trevor's uh, a great floor general. Is a and, and a great student. Uh, his dad played football at George Mason. Or George Washington, one of the two, one of the Georges. All right, you know, but yeah, uh, but it, but you know, it's going to come along. Then you bring up Groves, and they've got Daniel Lee. He's more of know? a wing. He's more he's of a more wing. More of a wing, but I mean, again, in the OA white, and as a sophomore, and then we can't forget about Julian Roper over at Detroit Country Day. Oh, he's uh, he's because, fantastic. I mean, he's got a he's got an Iowa offer, and when you start getting in, when you start saving your parents a lot of money on college tuition um, and scholarships as a sophomore, they're probably that's probably. Uh, Pretty good representation that they're going to have more. But Jay, but Jay Nakins over at Farmington, um, you know, I don't know if he's a, a a point guard or if he's more of a shooting guard, whatever. Call him a combo guard. Uh, you know, he he is he is a, a blockbuster of a talent. Um, he had 35, I believe, uh, back on Friday night against Troy Athens. He had a, a game early in, early in the year where I think he had 37. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's the type of kid that uh, is just, you know, uh, uh, is, 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 is ripping nets from the second he steps on the floor. Uh, and, and as a guy that sizzling the streams, yeah, is, a, is, is a guy that uh, just just really can do a lot of damage in a lot of different ways. Uh, he's a southpaw. He's about six three, six four. So he has size. He can get to the rack. He can shoot it, uh, shoot off the dribble. He's got a real quick release. Uh, and, and he's a he's the type of guy that's a closer. Yeah, I think and, he's a, I think he's the top scorer out of all those. And not only that, <laughs> there's so much versatility as far as you know his ability to score on the next level. They'll probably label him as a combo guard. He'll probably play a lot more shooting guard than he will point guard. But the thing about him is he's got a good enough handle where he can beat pressure. He can bring the ball up the court. He's a, smart, he's a good decision maker where he's not, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over. Let's say this. He's getting rid of some of those freshman tendencies wow. where it's just like, hey, look at me here. And all of a sudden you dribble the ball off your knee. You know, that's not coming along as, as much as it was. You know, well, he's outgrowing that. Um, and that's only. And he's got Steph. Curry. He's got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson range. Cool. I mean, he he can pull from twenty five and and just effortless. All right, couple more nuggets at the bottom of the grand bag. We're yeah, pulling yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, Ty Rogers, the fra- talented freshman. Yeah, from everyone, grand everyone, line. everyone's talking Amani Bates or 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 Jaquan, um, Javion Han- Javon Hanna. Yeah, Javon. Uh, but you, you can't look Wasilk past. Yeah, Wasil yeah. Kareem Rozier at 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 St. Mary's. Yep. You got to talk about Ty Rogers though, if you're talking about the best freshman. You in said the you said last Saturday against Chicago Thornton. He uh, put on a show. Yeah, but I mean, the thing about him is he's got size, he's got athleticism, he's solidly skilled. And we go look back a few years ago. Um, there, I still, I, I can't, I can't help but think about how Josh Jackson and Miles Bridges, when they were both freshmen, because down here in Detroit, everybody was talking about Josh Jackson. Josh yeah, Jackson, oh Josh yeah, Jackson. You know, and it's and Imani Bates is the one that's getting. You know the the national. He's like press. the Miles Bridges. Oh, but, oh yeah, but, they're having but, like whiteouts yeah. on Friday, yeah. blackouts yeah. on Tuesday. Right. Oh but, yeah. But Ty is one of those guys where, I mean, he's going to emerge. I mean, he's going to have a like. When you look at their their high school stats, when when it's all said and done, you know, let's say they both fortunately hopefully stay in in Michigan. Yeah. That they're going to be pretty close stats. That could they both be top ten players in the country? I mean, I could definitely see it. You know, I think because. You know, Ty's one of those guys where does he really need to grow that much more? Imani is in the same position. Where does Ty play his AAU? Uh, he plays with the family. He okay. actually is playing up on their family's team. Okay. But they, but they're, and Imani Bates was playing um, up on with his, with Bates, Bates Fundamentals. Bates Fundamentals, yeah. And they were both playing, you know, on the, arguably the, the toughest circuit that there is in the EYBL and playing on that 15 and under level. Well, they're going to see many of the best players all the time. And they were doing that as, as, Incoming freshman, right? So playing playing up a year, you know, it says is a testament to Ty Rogers as well as well as Imani Bates. But I just like I just like what Ty does. I mean, he brings energy. He's a smart guy out there on the team. Uh, you know, he he's one of those guys where Mike Thomas can. Hey, you need to get down there. Right, we right. need you to box out. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. And if he doesn't put his tail in between his tail right. or, or tail in between his legs and run <laughs> off and feel like, oh, coach right. is treating me. He wrong. can get in his face you know? and yeah. he just takes the yeah. direction. Yeah, and dad's right there. Yeah. Like, good job. That's all yeah. I want. Myself. It's like Cassius with Izzo. You know, yeah. Izzo can get yeah. right in his face and then he, Cassius just, you know, knows that's the drill and just goes to work. Let well, me, I know, coach. Yeah. <laughs> Let me note something real quick that I saw uh, over break about we're talking about this freshman class. Uh, Cream Rosier. Orch Lake St. Mary's, mm-hmm. um, as a freshman, I mean, to me, he's the best point guard, pure point guard in that freshman class. Uh, he plays point for uh, Amani Bates' AAU team, so he's feeding the ball to Amani over the summer. Um, this kid's 
level of understanding of the game and and presence and 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 poise and composure for a 14 year old kid is off the chart and i just want to give one example of that so i was watching them at a christmas tournament uh over at um uh, lons cruz north and uh, it was the first couple plays of the game and i'm not going to name the kid he was talking to but there was a senior that plays in the front court he's a, he's the freshman uh point guard and there was some confusion on a play and there was a stoppage of uh, a whistle stop, and the freshman Kareem Rozier goes over to the to the senior and gets in his face and says, "You need to know where you're going. You need to know what we're running." He's like, "If you don't get on, the, if if you don't get on the same page as us, I'm going to tell coach to take you out of the game." And it's like to have a freshman have that kind of confidence to go up to a senior, and the senior was like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, don't worry, Kareem. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure I, uh, I I'm on my P's and Q's now, and we'll be fine. And they ended up winning the game by 40 or 50 points, and and now you know they only have those two losses, and they look really good. Um, obviously, Lauren Bowman's going to Wisconsin, but but to to have that type of presence of mind as a freshman, and I just I was blown away, and I tweeted out right after that. I was like, I haven't seen this level of uh, of leadership from a freshman guard since you know a Foster lawyer or Rashad Phillips. Or I, I hearken back to back in the 2000s when I was living in Chicago. I was friends with the family of uh, John Shire, who ended up being a captain at Duke and winning a, a national championship at Duke. Um, and I saw him play as a freshman. And those were the only other three kids, Cassius Winston maybe, that I ever saw as a freshman that could maintain that level of, uh, of leadership and, and, and that kind of uh, presence. Yeah. And it was just really impressive. I think awesome. leadership quality is one of the keys to that, especially as a freshman. And it was a quiet. Happen. It was a quiet gym too. There wasn't a lot of people there, so right. everyone could hear it. Is the respect that you're given by, you know, by the by the upperclassmen? You know, I mean, there's so many times where you might be able to see a freshman out there and you can be yelling, you know, and that junior or senior look back and be like, right. You do know that we got 45 minutes, right? <laughs> you know, right. back to the gym or whatever right. might not happen. You know, all right. But yeah. All right, let's quickly wrap it up. Uh, you wanted to get in some about Quincy's will done. Well, I just want to talk about a couple. Uh, uh, what I call, you know. Um, uh, Wall Street Warriors kids that are are really shooting up the recruiting chart right now. Um, obviously, we talked about Will Dunn uh, a couple minutes ago out of Quincy's had had some real big performances, looking real good on the block. Uh, I really like Trey Townsend at Oxford. Mm-hmm. Had a twenty eight point fifteen board performance last night. He's a guy that I think a lot of the Division one schools have to start paying attention to. I know Oxford isn't considered a basketball hotbed, but this is a kid that really warrants attention on the wing. Um, his dad. Uh, was a starting center at, at Oakland University back in the 90s. His mom was a, uh, a star, I believe, in the backcourt at Waterford Kettering, and then I think at, at OU as well. Uh, and, and both TJ and I went out and saw him last week, and we, we really liked what we saw. And then another kid in the post that's really kind of come out of nowhere after having an a, a underwhelming junior year uh, is Yusuf Jihad at uh, North Farmington. 6'9", a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, really nice touch. Only averaged about four points a game last year. Was, I think, coming off the bench, not getting a lot of minutes. Had a really, really uh, impressive summer that was uh, very productive. And then so far out of this year, he's been their leading scorer. I think he's averaging like 16, 17 a night, 10, 10 rebounds, can block shots, uh, really high, uh, shoots a high percentage. And so with, with, with Dunn, Townsend, and uh, and jihad. Those are three kids that maybe uh, when you talk about the Division One recruits in Michigan, those aren't at the top of the list, but they're guys that that need to be uh, uh, considered and looked at. Yeah, I think let's say this: the guys who I've talked to about uh, Townsend, and it's kind of funny because when I talk to college coaches, and that's be on on all levels on NAIA Division Three, 
you know, so I could talk to Lawrence Tech and or I could talk yeah. to whatever, and they'll say, yeah, I'd really like that kid. You can kind of get a measurement about how good a kid is, you know. And, well, I don't know if he could play on our level or whatever right. else, you know, and then you're like, man, I think we're seeing the same thing here. You yeah, know? yeah. You're just telling me, you know, different information just to kind of keep a kid under the radar. Right. Or, hey, man, that kid's really good. You know, pretty much saying, hey, well, if he doesn't come and play for me, I'm definitely going to help him play for whatever college coach that's not in my league and, and not in my division. You know? Dunn Dun and Jihad are seniors. Townsend's a junior. No, Dunn's a, Dunn's a junior. Dunn, sorry, Dunn's yep. a junior. They got a lot of good, there are a lot of good juniors that are popping up. I mean, even Dunn and Townsend are juniors, and, and uh, uh, Yusef's the senior. Yusef's the senior. He's only 16, just yeah, turned 16, 16 though. Uh, but look at Nicholson over at, over at Clarkston. You know, he's another guy that's. Is flying so far under the radar right now. A lot of it has to do with him playing behind Big Ten guys, you know, uh, in in uh, Taylor Curry, in Taylor Curry, and you know Kithier. You still got to practice against him and, and play against him on a regular basis, which obviously you know has helped his game because now he's starting to put up those big numbers that uh, maybe were expected. He had twenty twelve last yeah. night in the in a, in in the dub. Yep, yep. So those are paying paying attention to Clarkston. They know what was going on. All right, quickly, and I'm putting you on the spot here. Any uh, big games this weekend? Anything happening that uh, that we need to be aware of? You know what? It's 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 kind of slow. I know it. Um, what UD plays at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. I think oh, they played. Like, they played yesterday. Oh, they played. Yeah, they Jazz played won. Yeah, fifty nine fifty two. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just kind of limited. In the PSL, we got nothing to look. I mean, I'm not going to say nothing, but. Yeah, you got Cass and King, and I guess that would be the next one to look forward to. I'm going. I'm Detroit going. Douglas. How about this? Pierre Brooks puts up 50 points. 50 last points, night. 20 rebounds, and 20 rebounds, and yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, pretty much, I'm just looking forward to the a lot of guys getting out there and see what's going on as far All as right. these guys, uh, the transfers when they become eligible, and then also also injuries. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, so, so usually it's right around what January twenty first, something yeah, like that. That, okay, yeah. that, yeah, that's that's when uh, uh, those guys can come in. I know uh, that uh, you know Ypsilanti is looking forward to their guard coming available, yeah, and yeah. Uh, as well as uh, many other players. Detroit, so, yeah, they yeah. Give Caleb, they get Caleb Hunter. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's interesting. All of a sudden, some teams just yeah. like uh, jump yeah. to the forefront because they've got some uh, new bodies. Right. Right. All right. right. So. On Friday, I'm going to go see a, a battle for bragging rights in the uh, LVC, the Lakes Valley Conference, Wall Lake Northern, who's kind of the the front runner this year Undefeated. against Waterford Mott, who was the champion last year. Uh, and uh, Dave McGlown does a really good job at, at Waterford Mott, former. Uh, Star guard at Pontiac Notre Dame Prep, uh, and then played at Southern Illinois, I believe, and uh, started his coaching career at Berkeley. And then Johnny Jokai uh, is one of the great, really young uh, guys on the bench. And, and a What's guy young, that, man? Johnny Jokai, I think he's like 38. All right. I'm just younger. Okay. Younger. You know, I'm sure that we yeah. got so many more <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But he's only, he's only been a head coach, I think, for uh, three or four years. He started at, uh, I think, Livonia Franklin, well, was he, there for yeah, a year. And then, he was also an assistant coach over at uh, he's been a, He was an assistant yeah. everywhere. Yeah. He's one of those yeah. guys that just, yeah. you know, uh, really built a yeah. resume. Coach Dante Mayton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coach Dante. And then he so, played, he played at, uh, yeah. at North Farmington. So TJ is referencing Kia Tyus, who is our uh, engineer today. And well, she's off screen; you can't see her, but uh, she is our newest full-time employee here at uh, Yellow Flag job. Productions. She does a great job. Uh, for you hoops fans, just real quick as you wrap it up, and, and we're going to go to another commercial break, and we'll come back with uh, Matt Mowry and Dan Young to wrap up this year for our BCAM talk. We're going to talk about the shot clock as well as, or lack thereof, and uh, also we're going to talk. Uh, with the head coach from uh, Heartland, the girls' program, uh, Don Palmer. So, uh, But for you Hoops fans, New Haven, Warren Mott, boys basketball highlights. We'll have that on State Champs uh, this Sunday. It's also will be available on our social media here. Uh, might even be up now, so you can check that out at uh, 
uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Heartland at Northville girls basketball game that I was at. Uh, we've got uh, DeWitt at Waverly Boys Basketball uh, that will be on this Sunday. Okemos and East uh, Lansing, which is a real big girls game uh, this week. Our In Focus story is kind of on Rashad Phillips. So you all remember Rashad, as well as kind of the mentoring that he is doing with some of the young players, especially over at Country Day. They call him Yoda now. Yes, exactly. He's he if you watch the show, you'll see his you know, whole little backdrop and set up. Yes, thyself, yes. yes, yes. Or we will come up with one better. We will <laughs> have. It will be toilet bowl. We'll, you know? Yes. You know, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I love a shot. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have highlights of a UD Jesuit and Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Uh, and we'll also have our main event, which is a girls basketball matchup that uh, takes place on Wednesday between Flint, Carmen Ainsworth, and Saginaw Heritage, who is the Heritage. class of They're, Division yeah, One. Saginaw Heritage is a uh, is a superpower. Yeah, so hopefully Ainsworth is is the team that maybe could give them a good challenge. So we've made that our main event. That's it. You could check it out. Mo Joyner going chance. to Michigan State. That's right. Probably the best point guard uh, for uh, in girls basketball yeah, in the state that. of Michigan. Yeah. All that. So uh, thank you, gentlemen, and we will talk to you next week. You next Matt week. and awesome. Dan are next. So stick around. Coaching basketball is a rewarding and challenging pursuit, but you don't have to do it alone. The Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan are here to support you. BCAM is the largest coaches association in the country with nearly 6,000 members representing college, high school, and middle school ranks. Members have access to drills, clinics, job opportunities, and it's the only way to vote for our annual awards, including Mr. and Miss Basketball. Join today by visiting bcam.org because better coaching always matters. All right, welcome back to State Champs Hang Time Michigan. We have State Champs Hang Time Indiana starting up next week. Great. So that is uh, very cool. And so, uh, of course, the Hoosiers love their hoops, so it made perfect uh, opportunity for us to uh, start a podcast down there, and we'll have that going. And uh, But this is Dan Young of BCAM. This is Matt Mowry, now full-time here at mm-hmm. State Champs as a digital managing editor and our head writer and uh, Kia Tyus, who I mentioned before the break, is also now full-time with Yellow Flag Productions. So we have some new members of the team, and we are excited. In 2019, it's going to be a great year. And this segment here in Hang Time is for us to talk a little bit about uh, BCAM and then also kind of get into kind of like a topic. And then we're going to have the Heartland Girls head coach, Don Palmer, join us to wrap up the show. Hall so, of Famer. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Palmer. Yes, pull that closer to you there, sir, your mic, so that we can hear you. Great. Don Palmer, okay. Hall yes, of Famer. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so that will be coming up in just a few minutes. But uh, first off, uh, tell us, uh, give us up today kind of what's happening with BCAM right now. You know, we always have new listeners and uh, even coaches out there who are not schooled to the fact that they should be a member. You got it. A lot of associations around the country are high school only. We are a little unique uh, in the fact that we are all basketball coaches from middle school early you know middle school junior high depending on where you're from uh, assistant coaches and college coaches junior college coaches all levels in our state and and why is that important to have all of that inclusive well when you have um, from our perspective we have built relationships at all levels and we learn from each other and we support one another and we just, um, it, it was our philosophy from the get-go to be inclusive, girls, boys, all levels, 
and uh, it's it's really been. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not the only reason we're the highest. Uh, we have the largest number of coaches in our association at close to six thousand. Is that probably because of that? and uh, all the things that we try to do. So our membership period ends on February 15th. So if you're not a member right now or your staff is not in or you're, you're just a little slow with your paperwork, uh, February 15th is our deadline. And then our awards will start nomination of all our awards from academics to coaches of the year to team academics to all state to um, our reaching higher event, which is a top player event in the summer for recruiting. All those types of nominations are going to be heading, February is a big month for that, into March. And then getting to your state, your Miss Basketball voting, Mr. Basketball voting, which is for every member who's currently coaching. So if you're a seventh grade coach and you're the coach and you're a BCAM member, you vote for Mr. Basketball. I'm the executive director. I'm not currently coaching. I don't get a vote. So that is a perk that any member in our association who's currently coaching can vote for our Mr. and Mrs. Bas- Miss Basketball, which is always an interesting time of the year. And I'll tell you what, right now, if you want to talk about the players right now at the top of the heap, we had Romeo Weems on last night, and he was tearing it up for New Haven. That kid is taking high flying to a whole different level. You'll be able to watch those highlights on State Champs this Sunday at 9 a.m., uh, but uh, 36 amen. points yeah, against amen. Warren Mott, and yeah. he must have had seven highlight dunks. Yeah, he is, you know, he's he's... He's, he's real he's, deal. He's the real deal. You know, when you talk about Rakia Jackson from That's the Edison, other one. Uh, and it's not a done deal, but, you know, sometimes, once in a while, you have, you know, that special talent. And both of them right now are just... Um, Amazing, and, and the reason I really bring that up is because you, as and I'm speaking to the coaching uh, crew, the BCAM members of Michigan, is that uh, you need to know these two players. Uh, if you know for some reason you're locked into your own region and everything, because sometimes the voting can can happen that way, where you you kind of just vote for who you're familiar with. You need to get yourself familiar with everybody, right? Uh, and these are two players, obviously, that hail from a, a, a southeast Michigan perspective. But um, you can look these kids up on YouTube yes. and all the candidates do the due diligence and do the due diligence yes. because uh, it should not be a regional thing from right. our state. It should be the best player wins. And I am yes. confident that our coaches will do their due diligence yes. before they vote. Absolutely. So, uh, all right. So let's get to the topic uh, we wanted to talk about uh, this particular week. And uh, Matt kind of just thought of this and was like, well, you know, this is something that kind of gets bandied about. And uh, all of us who have suffered covering basketball games that uh, seem to take far too long because uh, they end up being a, a 10-9 game because each team right. holds on to it uh, is – should there be a shot clock or should there not be? And obviously, Dan, you being his longtime coach, I'm sure you have great thoughts on this. Uh, Matt, what say you? Well, it's one of those that, like you said, I've covered a number of games where you know somebody gets a, a small lead, specifically in the fourth quarter or even in overtime. I remember I covered a St. Louis Carson City Crystal 
district final, I believe it was, and the St. Louis coach, who, mind you, was a big proponent of actually adding a shot clock, he won the tap in overtime, the first three overtimes, and held for the last shot of overtime because that's exactly what you can do. Is, is as long as you know, as long as the the opposing team doesn't come out and close yep. to guard you, you can dribble as long as you want, and that those stall tactics kind of change the way you have to play defense. I, I personally am a proponent, although I can see arguments on both sides. I think it would speed up the game a little bit. I think it would eliminate some of those stall tactics. And I kind of floated it out there on Twitter this week when when we were thinking about yeah. discussing it. And the, the response was almost unanimous. The, the one and only coach that that I heard from that said, nah, let's leave things the way they are, was because he's an old school coach who wants to, nah, leave things the way they are about yeah. a lot of things. But he was also it said, Don Palmer? <laughs> it was not, but it was okay. one of Don Palmer's cohorts oh, that, okay. from from that, that same region, Steve Emmert, who's coached all around. Yeah, uh, Steve was your guy. Yes, that, yes, that, yes. Steve. But he also <laughs> said, battles. Yeah, he oh, also yeah. said, not going to matter to us because we're not going to use 35 seconds anyway. We're going to get a shot off in five to ten so and most of the coaches said that if you have 35 seconds you probably should have gotten a shot off at that point right um that's plenty of time and if you need more than that then there's something going on with your offense and a lot of a lot of people mentioned that gets kids ready to play at the next level it it, you know fine tunes decision making and kind of gives you that in-game pressure of of beating the shot clock there obviously are you know one of the main arguments that i've heard over the years against it is this is going to be an additional cost for for schools to install the shot clocks and find someone to run them, which yeah. is always something that you have to think about, the actual infrastructure of it. But I know this is one of those things that's come up over the years. It's maybe not got quite as much impetus as, as the seeding, which that, that's been an issue that's really been, you know, they've been, coaches I know have been pushing for sure. with the MHSA the last and more games. Dec- yep. Yeah. Over the over the last while, but I know this is one of those that keep kind of resurfaces every once in a while, doesn't it? I think that uh, it's always brought up. It's it's brought up a lot, and it's starting to from the National Federation of High School Coaches starting to gain some more sure. traction because the cost is now not what it used to be because most not if if not all. High schools have the current technology scoreboards, scoreboards the Dactronics of the world, and and whoever makes scoreboards um, to be able to add that to their existing scoreboard now at a very small cost. But five, seven, ten years ago, right, there were a a good majority. So I think the 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 surveys that are going out to athletic directors and, and coaches of such from the National Federation are starting to look at the other thing is usa basketball is making a push to have a real continuity in our country when it comes to the game and how the high schools the colleges and the nba and then the international how that all is together and how we are very different from one level to the next um where the college men are now the last ones to still have halves halves, where the pros in men's and women are quarters. Right. The college women are quarters. Yep. Went last year, didn't they? Went last year. Yep. And there's only a, a few states that are halves. I think Minnesota sure. is. And there's a few others that might be, that, that like it went halves and tried it. Sure. So getting that from a, an overall um, country, I guess, philosophy of how basketball should be played, 
the shot clock has been brought up that maybe if it's not costly is it easy to run i don't know how how it would be great as a coach and a player to have that and be able to play into it i think it would just you know basketball should be free-flowing and and instinctual and 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 when it's not it's just like it's not as fun right for anybody right um and you know i've been on both sides of that where you know we're at a game i'm an assistant at catholic central and we're playing uh, detroit redford in the districts and we're running zone and the great Derek mcdowell is from detroit western yeah. mm-hmm. held the ball against us and he had manny and all those guys and okay. because he's like the minute we went man right. they scored immediately right. Right. so he's like you're gonna play right. you're gonna go right. man right so he held it and we stayed in it because we were only down six right and the crowd's yelling and oh, he yeah. was not gonna break and right and i've seen on the you know the other way too but he's a great coach and they won and we ended up having to, you know, come out of it eventually. Right. But um, well, there's nothing preventing you from milking it all the way to 35, right? There's no question. Um, you know, we looked at it before that men started in the 80s at 45. 45. Yep. And then they found that I believe they were getting shots off before 30 seconds right. anyway. Right. right. And so they went down to 35, and now I believe they're at 30. That's right. 30. Yeah, the girls are too. Yeah. And so. It could. I, would, I mean, would, would thirty-five be like a good number? You think? Yeah, I think. I for think high that's school, what, what most of, and, and I think they, one of they, the other things they that, say most people are shooting it before that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the timeline differential because it's it, you have is it five seconds still in college to get across the timeline, or is it? it uh, women's, women's women's don't have. I don't believe have backcourt, violation. Uh, backcourt violation. I okay. believe they their their rules are slightly different. Okay, yeah. but. Um, the fact that they're just like the men now with 30, I, I, I've heard that they, they, the percentages are, other than at the end of the game, they're, they're getting it off way before that. Right, right. Uh, it's 24 too right. quick. Right, Yeah, probably. You know, yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. Right. Um, it's an entertainment thing probably yeah. at the NBA level. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to happen eventually. That's the feeling we're getting. Sure. Is that if it's not too expensive, can you find yeah. somebody? Would it just be at the varsity level and not the lower levels? Probably. Yeah. And yeah. can because you find a use for it in another sport? That clock. You know what I mean? Right. If you're purchasing something that can be like maybe it's a portable. Dual use, right. Yeah. Is there some other sport that requires yep. some sort of shot clock? Uh, I'd have to go through all the uh, administering it. I mean, if you've been in a gym where they're setting up and they've got freshmen and JV and. Yeah, it's you know just trying to get people to run the scoreboard, yeah, yeah. to I do know. the fouls and the right. right. So I think from the you know at the college level, I mean it's it's you have plenty of staff. Yeah, it would be great, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it right. would be. And, but right. it's just and it could be somebody more. you have a senior do. I mean, all you're doing yeah. is hit right. it, right, and then restart it. Restart you know, it. It's not it like you have the, to run a clock when it hits the got, rim. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's. I think right. it's getting to the point where it's. Yeah. Well, okay. we're going to have a good conversation with a gentleman who has been known to <laughs> play things out for a while, though he's not doing it with his current no. team. He's Don Palmer. He's coming up next, so hang with us. So, I got my start in officiating when a friend told me I should try it. At first, I just did basketball, and I got hooked. 
Before long, I added baseball, softball, football, and volleyball. I really enjoyed giving back to the game, working with kids, and working with my local association to recruit and train new officials. I would like to say to anybody that officiating is a great way to help kids and stay connected to the game. We always need new officials. There's help wanted, just listen. Okay, so while technology sometimes afford us to have our guests join us via satellite and we can see his facial expressions and uh, his consternation and everything in our questions, uh, sometimes we just get him via audio. And so Don Palmer, the head coach of the Heartland Girls basketball team, joins us now. And uh, Coach, I know you just got rid of, uh, done with practice, I believe, and everything, so we appreciate you hustling home and uh, joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Well, <laughs> glad to be here. Glad to be with you. All right, exactly. Sometimes you're just glad to be with us, right? <laughs> That's Is that what right. you said? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first off, and we're joined here again still by Dan Young and Matt Mowry, uh, had an opportunity to, to shoot your game on Tuesday and uh, really was a tale of two halves. I know that you said before the game your team had uh, a rather extended break and chose not to play uh, over the holiday uh, season. So um, let me ask you First, uh, is that something you do every year? Do you guys basically just choose not to play uh, any of the Christmas tournaments? Well, we don't necessarily play in Christmas tournaments, but we normally have uh, a game uh, prior to the league restarting. And that game is usually with Holly, and it just didn't work out this year. We're still playing Holly, but it's at the very end of the season. So we just kind of got caught in almost a three-week break, and, you know, that's never good. Uh, you can't simulate game conditions, and so we had a scrimmage, and that was about the best we could do. Right, and uh, I, I would say that sometimes uh, having a uh, break can sometimes uh, be a benefit in the fact that uh, you were able to get um, Whitney Solemn back on the court and you didn't have to worry about missing too many games uh, over the last few weeks for her to get back in there. And so you kind of saw some uh, spot start for the uh, the 6'4 junior center. But uh, uh, talk about, you know, basically uh, her, you know, what you evaluated on her performance last night and then also how'd she feel after the game? Well, um, I was um, pleasantly surprised. I, I thought that she would just be so anxious to play that, you know, she might not be in control of herself. And it, and it seemed like that, one, she was excited to play, but two, um, she exhibited some patience in the game and yeah, she did get winded, and um, but we've done some things to keep her in shape, but not game shape. So I was very pleased. Uh, according to our staff, she took four shots. She hit all four, and, um, you know, she makes an impact on defense with the block shots. So uh, it was great for her and great for our program to see her back playing. So the uh, the other question is Northville leads twenty one to twenty with six oh nine left in the third, and you win fifty one to twenty one. How does that happen? Well, you know, I don't. Um, I knew we were separating from them. I didn't know it was that uh, distinct. And one of the reporters 
asked me after the game, did did you realize you went on a 31 to zero run? And I says, no, I didn't. Um, I know that these kids, it's a talented group and they can explode for a lot of points quickly. And I think, you know, that's what they did, but uh, I was not aware of it. I, I know that one quarter uh, against one of the teams we played earlier, we scored 30. So they're capable of doing that. I, I think that um, when we separate a little bit, uh, Northville, some of the shots that were, were going in for them, you know, without problem, uh, they started to, you know, fall short. Like uh, there's a big difference between, because I've been on the other end of it too, is big difference between taking a shot with a 15 point lead or taking a shot when you're down five or six. So I think that's what happened. Uh, but like you said, it was just two distinct different games and yeah. uh, Northfield's a good club. And uh, you know, we, we just caught them at the right time, but it took a half to do it. Yeah. they they were undefeated going into that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no doubt about it that, um, uh, you know they're they're a good program, and obviously it's it's a great mark to see your girls rebound literally the way that uh, they did, and and really uh, um, uh, close out and 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 do it in fine fashion in the second half there, and uh, and win the game. That's your fifth straight uh, three. You're three and zero in the in the KLAA West. This is a uh, a segment that we do every week where we kind of uh, celebrate uh, the coaches. It's our our B cam segment, and Dan Young is here, and of course uh, you have a history of uh, going up against one another so I, I, yeah. I go in for my interview at Brighton High School my first high school job and one of the first questions was how are you going to guard Don Palmer's flex offense at Milford <laughs> High School <laughs> and I found out real quick that uh, uh, the 2006 Hall of Famer BCAM Hall of Famer um, it was just a play we had some great battles didn't we coach Yes, we did. I, I remember the first one at Milford, um, we won, but it certainly wasn't handily. And I thought, well, they've got a good young coach there, and we've got to go back there. And I remember when we go, when we went back the second time, it wasn't quite as much fun. So, <laughs> well, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're a class act. You're a great coach. You're a Hall of Famer. And uh, it's great to have you on the show today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I know my mother didn't call because she's passed on, but uh, maybe she did leave a message for you guys to say all those nice things. So oh, appreciate yeah, it. yeah. There you go, Coach. No, no, we, we appreciate it. And, uh, and I know that uh, Matt was at a game last night with another yeah. uh, former adversary of yours. Yeah, I was out at uh, Waterford Mott last night to uh, talk to uh, the one and only Steve Emmert. And I know you guys uh-huh. butted yeah. heads quite a bit when he was at Wald Lakes at Western the first time and, and at Wald Lake Central after that. Uh, how many times you figure you guys went up against each other between the boys and the girls over the years well i i don't think it's quite 20 but it's probably close and um it just seemed like you know for a while we just couldn't avoid each other in tournament play and there were some years that we just always scheduled each other because um i definitely liked his style and he liked our style and made for good basketball but you know, he's, uh, he's a heck of a coach. Um, you know, he had a pretty long hiatus when he went into administration, uh, you know, but, um, or he would have, I know he just got his 400th victory. Yeah, but he did last week, had right? He, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Had he not missed several seasons, you know, 
for administration. That's his choice. He'd have, you know, he'd have, you know, a hundred or two hundred more without a doubt. He's he's that good. Sure. Did you just get nine hundred, Coach? Uh, yes. Uh, wow. Last year, sometime. So wow. Uh, I think you, you have to. Re- yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think you have to remember on that. Um, you know, I I did uh, two seasons for a long time because right. way back in the day, like I coached girls basketball at Milford for 32, but I also did boys varsity basketball for 29. So I'm probably the only coach in, in Michigan history that's, that's probably coached over 200 seasons. So <laughs> just being facetious, but I've, right. I've had a yeah. lot. Of yeah, no, it's so, exactly. You know, if you coach 900 years, you're going to yeah. get 900. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, right. Just, just staying in the still, game. It's still a game. It's still a, a season. And it's not yeah. like uh, it was any easier. You still no, had to no. coach all those girls' teams, coach all those boys' teams. So 900 wins is 900 wins. Yeah. And coach, you're still doing it. Uh, you know what keep what keeps you coming back every year? Well, I uh, I still enjoy the competition. Um, the other thing, um, you know, when when I got the job at Heartland, um, you know, we could see this. Uh, by that time, I was just doing girls. When I got the job at Heartland, you could kind of see this storm coming. Uh, the lower levels that we were in the league with Harlan, the lower levels were just killing us. We were still managing to beat uh, the varsity by one or two points. But so when I got the job and I asked my staff if they wanted to come with me and thankfully they did. And I said to them, I says, there'll be no excuse for not winning because there's talent here and there's talent coming. And boy, that's proven to be the case for 10 years running. We just have good players. Right. Right. When you kind of see that this year, Coach, where you, you lost quite a bit, obviously, from, mm-hmm. from your team over the last couple of years, and you just bring in a bunch of freshmen, and those yeah. kids, I, I, you have to be impressed with the way they've played, especially when, when Whitney was out for the first couple of games, where they really kept you afloat, didn't they? Yeah, I um, uh, I thought the second game of the year at Okemos, and at the time Okemos was ranked, yeah. and and we hung on and won that game. Um, I think we dressed eight kids. Uh, we, Whitney was out, another kid was out. And I think the roster was, at the time, was two juniors, two sophomores, and four freshmen. So they're talented kids. And um, we knew all about them as seventh and eighth graders. I, I talked to a reporter the other night, you know, the, the Roach kid that did so well last night. Uh, I saw her in seventh grade, and I thought her going into eighth grade, she could have played on our varsity then. So there's um, there's no coaching involved. There's just you don't try to mess it up. It's what you do. Right. So talented kids. Yeah, she was amazing last sure. night. Really hitting hitting uh, those three balls uh, when you needed, and that really caused that separation, mm-hmm. which really changed everything Norfolk wanted to do in the game. So Matt Markowski has got yeah. you just outside of yeah. his top ten right now in, uh, in Division One. But Ooh, yeah, okay, and, and, yeah, ex- that's exactly what you want to hear, Coach. Yeah. And, and I've seen you play a couple of times. I saw the Heritage game and I saw the Okemos game. So yeah, it's, yeah, I know how talented you guys are. So yeah, yeah right, right there yeah. on the cusp. So you're on the bubble there but let me ask you just as as uh, before we let you go just quickly you know your thoughts on this team and this season and uh you know kind of feel like maybe what kind of a run you can make 
Well, I think uh, there's going to be a, a transition period for you know us to get used to playing with Whitney and her to get used to playing with us. We're we're kind of a press and run team, and and she can do that. But we've also got to get some half court sets where we get her some touches. So. Uh, I, I do think we're talented enough to make a run in the tournament, but that always involves uh, one, being good, two, being lucky, uh, three, being injury free. And um, we'll worry about league play first. Uh, uh, Brighton is a very, very good team, and uh, we'll have our hands full with them when we play them. But right now, um, uh, we're just going a game at a time, and I don't think we have any margin of error. You know, Brighton uh, is very, very strong, and uh, they'll take two good shots at us. And but I think being a young team, we've got to worry about everybody because you just don't, you know, you you put your fate in a 14-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid. You don't know what you're going to get night to night. So mm-hmm. that's, that's right. the fun of it. So. Absolutely, and you've got the solemn sisters yeah. there, right, going yeah. at it. So Born that's uh, yeah. that that's always a uh, uh, good and grounding for them. Last year you got to the quarterfinals. Way Memorial, a team who you lost to in the quarters, mm-hmm. has has rebooted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with, uh, tons and tons of talented uh, uh, young yeah. people. So uh, it's always going to be uh, really wide open. Before we let you go, we had a little bit of a debate talking about should we at some point embrace the shot clock uh, into uh, high school basketball uh, here in Michigan. What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, because apparently I, there have been times that uh, you would definitely say you are not in favor of that. <laughs> I want to hear well, this. This would be yeah. interesting. <laughs> Just because you've, you've, I think you've evolved into, because <laughs> all great coaches and teachers do. They yeah. evolve with the times, the players, and you are a perfect example of someone who has evolved over the years. Now, maybe it has to do with your talent level compared mm-hmm. to who you're playing, but... I'm interested, we're interested to hear what your thoughts on this. Well, I guess um, my comment would be I would still be against it, and here's here's why. Um, one, you know, the schools don't have any money, much money anyway, so right. who's, who's going to pay for that apparatus? And right. more importantly, who's going to run it? Because most of the time when you – uh, go on the road or sometimes in your own building there's a young kid doing the scorebook yeah and if you're going to have a young kid do the shot clock it's going to cause more problems than it's worth let's right. say also, let's say okay go ahead yeah I, also i think in in basketball there's a lot of things you can do uh to create turnovers and get the ball back and get back in a game but uh that's what i worry about um would we have you'd have to train somebody to do it and do it well and uh, all that stuff costs money so that's my concern there you don't want to you don't want to win or lose a game because somebody messes up on the technical end right yeah you're uh, you're probably right I, I was in a perfect world if we had the money and we it didn't cost anything and we had sure. people <clears throat> would it be fun do you think Oh, yeah. I went to, you know, I try to go and watch my kids when they play AAU, and there's been a couple of tournaments where there is a shot clock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just think that's, you know, that's how kids want to play these mm-hmm. days, right. and it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 
I'm a Michigan State fan, and I love to watch them play the men's and the women's teams, and and I just love Michigan and you know John Beeline and. Um, this, that's fun basketball. And then, you know, uh, now kids are growing up, they learn two shots, layups and shooting threes. That's yep. it. So. Yeah. Yep, we got a long way to go. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, coach, with uh, you sticking around, uh, you can help uh, get those fundamentals back into uh, uh, the way they need to play. And again, your team was really getting after it, especially in the second half, creating turnovers, just like you said, and yeah. uh, taking the ball the other way and uh, doing what needs to be done to get uh, uh, the uh, the win you needed. So, yeah. we appreciate you uh, joining us tonight. Good luck. I think I think Brighton's next week, right? Yeah, Brighton. Brighton's Tuesday. We've okay. got. Canton on Friday, then Brighton, and then after that, I think it's Plymouth. But um, okay. it's a cliche. We'll, with this young team, we're going one at a time. We're yeah. not going to overlook anybody. So absolutely, keep absolutely. up the great work, yeah, coach. Yep, yep. Good great best. talking to you. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, see you soon, Doug. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right, bye bye. Okay, bye bye. All right, so that was uh, Don Palmer and uh, Heartland Girls basketball head coach, obviously, uh, coach for a long time around these parts. That was interesting. I was, uh, I wanted to hear if, if it were in a perfect world, would he still, and like all of us, in a perfect world, yeah. right. if we, if it was manageable and it didn't cost that much, I think most would want it. Yeah, and I even think, Don Palmer. Yeah, and <laughs> maybe he's just like, I don't want to get myself worked up enough that when that kid forgets <laughs> to hit the shot clock and I gotta yell at the scorer's table he's this kid just boy. shrink right, into the right. uh, abyss and be like hey this is nine bucks an hour right uh I mean that's that's the yeah, dilemma. It it's is. high school. Do yeah. can can it can it? You don't want to unburden right. or, or put a uh, further burden onto a, right, an athletic sure. director right. and his right. staff for right. you know and for doing that. But but it, you know it. Uh, it could happen. Yes, sure. exactly. it could happen. You know, Especially maybe just at the varsity level. Yeah, he hit yeah. the key argument right. too because it was even when I was talking with with uh, Steve Everett and his kids at Wald Lake Western. Skip Stevenson, who had been an assistant for Don Palmer forever, was the previous coach before Steve Emmert, and they played a very slow <laughs> game. Yeah, and it was it was almost classic Palmer ball. Um, and the kids now that they get to run and press and trap, it's fun, and yeah. that's that's key sometimes to get those kids to buy in. I would assume to, so I, to get them to if if your kids like to play the way you're playing, and he mentioned that, you know, watching them in AAU, that's yeah, fun, getting yeah. up and down the floor, getting to play fast. So I coached eight years at John Glenn. Sure. And game twenty, we lost in the in the league semis. We played Heartland at Heartland game twenty. As a crossover, they were seventeen and two, or right. and we were about the same. Yeah, but we wanted to go, 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 and they wanted to slow, slow, slow. Right, and literally, my guys were like, "Coach, they would stop and say, are they gonna shoot?'" Right, right, and we wanted the like, buzzer like like, during the action. Yeah, they're looking right. at thirty-two, thirty-one, yeah. but it was a great yeah. game. But it was yeah. a. Um, it's like a chess match. It was. A ch- it was. <laughs> they he they ran great stuff. The guy, the yeah. team was really well coached. They had two right. or three guys that could really shoot it, and they just were gonna take a good shot and yep. and wanted to wear us out. Right. And so I don't know. There's like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're gonna shoot it, but you got to yeah. get them to shoot right. it. You right. gotta you right. gotta yeah. 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 you know make them play a little faster. Yeah. So yeah. it's that 
it's that it's 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 a great debate, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. So we hope to have more of these on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So hopefully every week we can come come up with something fun and uh, and hopefully get a coach on to uh, pick their brain. And uh, that's kind of what we do. So uh, again, that has been the podcast. This has uh, been a rather lengthy podcast again this week. So uh, I will just try to unburden Kevin Trzinski moving forward that uh, he has uh, a lot to edit and get to. But uh, we have fun. We're just getting back into 2019, uh, getting back back into basketball and uh we'll be doing this for the rest of the season it's going to be an amazing uh rest of the way and uh it's a lot of fun remember when when is the uh, deadline to register deadline, for to, deadline to be a member of bcam is february 15th if you are past that you are you are out so uh okay. coaches get get make sure you're getting your paperwork in to amy and our office and uh, so you're ready for all the postseason awards, Mr. and Miss Basketball, all state yeah, teams, B Cam's best, B Cam's best, all state, yeah. um, all the the, the, the uh, athletic one, or the academic ones, ones you yep. have, yeah. academic uh, yeah. college too, yeah, college uh, academic team individuals, co- coaches of the year at the college level, team first award is for anybody in your program that is a team first. Could be a manager, right? Uh, somebody in your program that uh, is not maybe not the superstar, right? That is a important award, and people want and need to be recognized. So absolutely, sign up, and it's a great way again for you to give back to somebody who's given so much back to your staff. There's no whether question. it be an assistant coach or a, a trainer or whatever, right? So uh, all right, so you know what? You got about 36 days to do it, so make sure you get it done. And this has been State Champs Hangtime Michigan, and uh, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>